a podcast. Did your radio show get canceled? Fire, fire, fire. Low down and filthy, but the discipline is on point. Schooled myself, made my own dojo. A cold flow with the whole dose of soul. Maintain composure, even in fury. An anomaly, properties undiscernible to me. It's repeat time. The unfiltered version of the Pete the Planner show. Here only exclusively on lots of places. Uh, PeteThePlanner.tv and of course the podcast. Today's topic, uh, oh hi Nicole. Hi Pete. Today's topic, what we learned from our parents about money. Yeah, uh, all about the money. So I've extended, uh, so I, I took a copious amount of notes. You did, from and, from the age of three on. Yeah, no, I mean, I from the moment I'd learned the lesson, <laughs> I took a note. And uh, no, I took a notes this week with memories. Oh, the mems. And uh, I also <laughs> extended, the, extended the advice to my grandparents as well. Oh, I love it. Well, because, you know, their parents, they're just grand. So I have some uh, things that, 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 and you've got some notes too, what yes. you've learned from your parents. Yeah, learned a thing or Did two. Did you put anything about, like, I, I have to admit, I, none of the things I wrote down are like, I learned from their bad decisions, although uh-uh. I probably have those. Right, I do. I feel a little uneasy about saying I, those. Yeah, because like our moms are two of our five listeners. So. That's right. That's that's 40%. Right. We can't just shoot that. So... Uh, do you want to trade back and forth like yeah. lessons? You want to do it that way? Sh- ladies first. Thank you. Yeah. Um, the thing that I will, two of my biggest lessons, one of them being my dad always gave us a sense of financial stability. And, and it, when doing that, he also taught us that once we had taken care of like whatever we were saving for or whatever, you know, then paying the mortgage, that then we needed to not be afraid to spend the money that was left over. That there wasn't like a crutch that you needed to be afraid that, oh, I can't spend this. It's like a take care of what you need to, you know, prioritize what needs to be done. But then after that, not be afraid to go and get a cup of coffee or, you know, to take us out to dinner or go get ice cream or something along the lines of that. Yeah, so uh, nowadays we call that a life hack, which it's yeah. not necessarily a life hack, just people call everything a life hack. But essentially what you do is you're cheating the budget system by saying, I'm just gonna take care of what I have to, and then whatever's left over, who cares? Yeah. and, and it w- Don't feel bad about that. Yeah, and my mom was uh, is from a small farm town, and so there was never that sort of feeling. She never got a good idea of what that felt like when she was young. Right. And so you, I could tell from, you know, as long as I was able to be aware of this, that she and my dad did a really good job of, you know, making sure that we knew that you had to take care of your financial responsibilities first, but after so that whatever, it was fair game then. That's fair. All right. So if we were to sum that up in like a a point that we're putting in like a bullet list, what would we say? Uh, Don't feel bad about spending money you can afford to spend. Yeah. Yeah. I'm okay with that. Yeah. You know, where I think the reason that exists, the reason why that piece of advice exists is because of the opposite reality of that, right? It's because mm-hmm. a lot of times people either, in two ways, they either A, don't feel bad about spending money they shouldn't spend. Right. Which you should. Yeah. Uh, or, obviously, they do feel bad. They still have that sort of Midwestern guilt yeah. about doing things when maybe you came from a family where, um, 
times were tough or you never felt like you were getting ahead. So to do something like that seems opulent. Yeah. It's like indulgent. My mom, like I said, my mom's from a really small farm town and they had six kids. And so that was my mom. And she was always very candid about this of never feeling like her family could get ahead financially because there was always one more thing. And so there never was a, yeah, let's all just go get ice cream and not think anything of it type of thing. You know, it's, it's interesting. My, my dad's best friend before my dad's best friend passed away. He, uh, he always would say things like you can't put a price tag on a good time, which, which, you know, I love the guy. I right. think he's, he was always a, a really interesting guy. One of my dad's best friend, like I said. And that, that advice isn't that great, no. oddly enough. Oddly enough, and I, not to besmirch his memory. No. But but because it goes against what you said. It's like, right. well, you know, this is a good time. Therefore, I'm going to justify spending the money on it. If you have money, yeah. if, you're a, if you're a well-to-do guy and you've earned that, like, like that individual had, maybe that is true because you can't, you know, you can't, you have enough money. Yeah. But for the rest of us, that's kind of bad advice. Right. It's funny, too, thinking and not realizing this at the time, too, and actually having this thought as we're doing this show is by my parents doing that, they all they taught us how to live so comfortably within our means yeah. is because we didn't go with we quote unquote, we didn't go without. But it was always within the means of us doing so. What I can't figure out in relation to this very topic is back when I was a financial advisor, Oftentimes, I remember this lady very specifically. I can't remember her name. I remember what she looks like. I remember her situation. But I remember they could not afford to go to Disney. Yeah. Uh, They had a rough uh, consumer debt problem by their own doing. Yet, they were going to go to Disney because she, she, she justified it with, um, you can't put a price on memories and um, I don't want to have taken away my kids opportunities to have memories because of the financial mistakes we made. And I always thought that was a really interesting way to somehow martyr herself yeah. for her kids' future memories. And, and I still to this day, it, she's pulled like some logic ninja on me because <laughs> I, I, like, I don't think she's right no. by any means, but she makes me pause and think about it. And it's those, it's that whole of your like, regardless, I'm not sure if I agree with what you're saying, but it's the fact that you made me stop in my tracks right. and think about what you're doing. Because is it, is it that idea so dumb that I, it doesn't register as no. logical? Like, that's, think about this for a second. Okay, let, let's just go here. Let's say I got two kids and they're loud. Let's just say. Ew, wild card hypothetically, here. Their names are Ollie and Ted. Let's say I have those. And let's say my financial situation is not good. Let's say I don't have any money in savings, haven't saved properly for retirement. I have a lot of consumer debt. And my kids keep coming home from, so everything I've said so far is half true, right? Yeah. Okay, but my kids, this is true, come home from school a lot and talk about Disney. I mean, if you have a kid in elementary school, you don't. Here's your preview. Uh, that eventually will happen. That's all they do from pre-K on. They'll talk about so and so went to Disney. This person went to Disney. Good for Disney. Right. Oh yeah. <laughs> Great word of mouth. <laughs> yeah. But unfortunately, um, where where we find ourselves, if in this hypothetical, if, if we had no money, is that that doesn't stop until you go to Disney, and it starts to wear on you as a parent, where you're going, well, what am, what's it? 
getting a little worse. Mm-hmm. Like if, if we go in $3,000 more into debt, is it really going to matter because it's already bad? Right. What a weird. And I think people oh. do that a lot. Well, what's it matter? It's already bad. Can it be a, can it be that much worse? And it's that's like almost like a challenge to yourself. Yeah. If you're like, I'm going to do this. I know it's probably not a good decision to make. But what what worse can I make? It? And here's the weird logic in that. I don't know how we get on this, but this here's the weird logic on that. As time passes and that person doesn't solve their underlying real debt issues or real financial problems, mm-hmm. the window as time passes, as the window to provide that experience for your family closes. Yeah, and closes because your kid's age ma- matters a lot when you make these sorts of decisions. Yeah. Uh, that's an interesting one. So that's why your dad's advice or your parents' way of doing things with, you know, don't feel bad about, you know, spending money on something when you have the means to do it, more or less was what they were saying. I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. yeah. It was a really interesting, I mean, and it was a great way to grow up too because it it reminded me and, and my brother very kind of subconsciously of when you work and save for a goal, like reaping the benefits of that sure. feel even better because you've taken care of what you've needed to and you've kind of earned the right to spend the money or do whatever with yeah. the money that you want to and not feel bad about it. Yeah, yeah. you hear people say that sort of just in general conversation, don't feel bad about the things you have or the nice, and it's like, okay, buddy, I think when you extend it to money, that, that is interesting yeah. for sure. So the route I took with my advice that I've received from grandparents in this regard is that my my grandfather, Grandpa Dunn, who I talk about here all the time, Near and dear um, he passed away four years ago this summer. So I wrote a column, my newspaper column was about like what I learned from him that were really life lessons, but how those life lessons apply to our financial lives. And so his, his, there are four things. I mean, if you ask any of my, my relatives, these are my grandpa's four things. Like the first yeah. one was uh, never complain. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really interesting thing to consider from a personal finance standpoint. Yeah. Because I think our, our natural inclination when times are bad is to not only assess the situation, but then to wallow around a little bit in its misery if mm-hmm. it happens to be miserable. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think the way my grandpa thought, and in, in turn my dad thought, and in turn now how I think, is that uh, assess the situation, but you waste valuable time to solve the problem and change your reality if you waste time complaining. Right, there's something, there's something about like if something sucks, like if something, yeah. is, if something sucks, letting it suck, but then deciding to move on with it. Yeah, like, and, and this one can seem insensitive though. Right. Like, because that's that old school mentality. It's a World War II vet. It, it's it, it's sort of this no excuses, just figure it out. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, and again, I always say I'm not getting political. I need to stop saying that, because it is what it is. <laughs> like, I feel like there there's arguments on either side of the aisle about like, um, well, some people have a right to complain because of their reality and they can't change it. And, and, and I, I, again, I, some, I acknowledge that. Right. But for me, complaining about my financial reality would be a complete waste of time. Yeah. A complete waste. And that's like with so many things. I mean, life is unfair. I think you and I can agree upon that is that we get dealt some cards that we're totally not ready for. I look for. like this. <laughs> This is not fair. You guys, but I think we can all agree that you're... The shaved head? The shaved head is nice. It works all right. I look like a tough guy. You do. You kind of look like you could be in the army today. We discussed that often. Slap fight people. (laughs) Um, But... Dang, I totally lost my train of thought. No, sorry. I got so distracted. Uh, What's the next one you have from your dad? Um, A big thing that my dad 
in light of us being kind of well off mm-hmm. for, for the most part and not worrying about money so much, but a big thing that I took from, and this wasn't a, he taught me this and told me no. this, but we looked th- and found wealth in the experiences that we had around us or, you know, like the interactions and the friendships that we had. And he kind of taught me that having money is great, but to not look in money or not look for wealth and money, but to look for wealth and financial security. Oh, that's interesting. That's deep. Yeah. Yeah. It's like having the money itself isn't the thing. It's right. the security the money provides. Exactly. Oh, that's interesting. It, and it, he did this and so and very much so kind of how I said there were two things and they relate back to one another is that because of the fact that he took the time to set aside, you know, taking care of bills and my brother and I's college tuition and our mortgage and whatnot as, uh, yes, we were always taken care of, but we didn't feel wealthy to me by any means of how much money we had or how big of a house that we lived in. But it was for the fact of, I never worried about, you know, us not being able to have dinner or us, you know, not... That's interesting because sometimes I think that generation, because your parents are are younger than my parents, but Mm -hmm. I think where that generation got it wrong is oftentimes they had a, we'll figure it out. Yeah. Without a plan. Right. The plan was, we'll figure it out. And I would think if, I guess I've just, I'm willing to say one of the things that I learned from my parents to not do Mm -hmm. is to do the we'll figure it out. Well, that's admirable and it's great. And a lot of times it works. When it fails, man, it sucks. Yeah. I mean, my parents paid for my sister's college primarily because she got a college scholarship, an athletic scholarship, mm-hmm. uh, and then they were able to, 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 to pay for her public education. I, I went to a small private liberal arts school and they refinanced the mortgage. Like, that was their plan. Now, yeah. was that their plan all along? And, and the answer to that was no, because their plan all along was, we'll figure it out. Right. Which you know, I'm not criticizing them. It sounds like I'm criticizing them, but I definitely learned uh, if I adopted that exact same mentality for my next generation, no way. No way. And that's what's cool about the whole of not feeling wealth and types of how much money I have, but more so the financial stability that I create for myself is now even being a young person in the workforce of realizing I don't have the biggest, baddest salary in the whole entire world and I can't totally do whatever I want, but I feel wealthy in a standpoint of I make good financial decisions and I take care of myself in a way that I go to sleep at night and I'm not worried about you know how much money is in my checking account because I've been responsible with how I go about about that and in turn it just it gives back so much more the uh, next point uh, I have and this is also a grandpa done one uh, it was always tell the truth I mean it was a, you know yeah people tend to value honesty I, I sort of translated that for the column was you know be financially truthful with yourself and, yeah. and with others uh, even so much far as to what you can afford or even back to that Hey, you know, telling a family member, a spouse, a, a, a kid that um, you can afford something you can't afford is a bad idea. Right. Right. Like, right. just be honest. Like, you know, we can't afford that. We're not in a position. They had eight kids. So for them, financial honesty was paramount because you Absolutely. couldn't lie to eight kids and a, a spouse. No, because the numbers don't lie. And especially in that kind of standpoint. You know, he's also from a generation where there was no such thing as fake it till you make it. Yeah. 
You know, like no. I felt compelled in my early part of my career to appear more successful than I really was. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about how many stupid fake it till you make it articles you've read. Oh, I, I get one in a newsletter of some blog that I follow at least once a month. I don't know why I'm going down this road, but do we ever my, know? No, no. But, you know, I we do a lot of work in a lot of different industries, so we get to know these different industries. And one industry that we I've gotten to know for the last twenty years is real estate, and so uh, realtors specifically. Yeah. And I feel like the one group of people who fake it more than anyone. Yeah. Oh, are realtors. Wow. Like they, and I mean, look, am I stereotyping? No, I, I'm going off of anecdotal evidence I've gathered over the last 20 years of working with thousands yeah. of realtors. Like there's this idea of you have to look more successful so people will think you're successful so you'll become successful. That's so interesting because it's really true, especially if you don't go in thinking about it like that yeah. with a, from a realtor standpoint. But Always concerned about, well, I got to drive the right car because I'm going to show up. I'm going to take clients around in my car. It can't be a piece of crap. And 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 there's some logic to that. Right. Absolutely. I remember uh, as a as a young financial advisor, always thinking, man, I got to I have to have some appearance that things are going okay. Now Mm -hmm. I just show up in a T-shirt and a shaved head. (laughs) I'm like, you know, like a cast member for Full Metal Jacket. Good movie. You know what? You like more movies? It's a boy. You know what? Full Metal Jacket's a, a movie <laughs> you should see, though. I mean, it's really good. Uh, what's next on your list? Um, I'm glad that you took kind of a similar approach that I did of just lessons that I've learned yeah. from my parents. Um, so I'm trying to pick some of my favorites, but they taught me, as I'm sure a lot of people have as well, but just to be charitable. And yeah, for that fair. to not even to always be from a, a money standpoint, but just by just small contributing acts of just kindness. And we always did the Thanksgiving baskets. And what sure. was cool about that is they don't they didn't always take on the full Thanksgiving basket because there's a couple hundred dollars that go into those. So we would find different families to contribute to that, too. And then we also did the um, the Christmas angels where you yeah. can give Christmas presents and whatnot too. And then we would also then go and wrap said Christmas presents and deliver them. Not like deliver spoken word verses, like wrap, but you mean no. package. Yes, package yeah. them. I was like, why would you wrap the poor people? That doesn't seem like it they, would help them. That's real ap- charitable, Nicole. They wouldn't appreciate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I like that one. I, I would tag that with this weird... I can't even justify it with with uh, actual data, but this sort of cosmic feeling where is if you uh, give money, you feel like you have more money. You, you, yeah. you gain perspective on abundance, which I'm not a big abundance guy. Uh-uh. I'm not like, it's, it's, uh, yeah. but I think in that situation, sometimes when you're so consumed with your own financial livelihood that you lose perspective as to what's really going on around us, that mm-hmm. um, you know. I know sometimes it feels like the reality of your life stops at your front door and your back door of your house. Yeah. I think sometimes if you see yourself more globally, uh, that can be a healthy thing financially. Uh, next one, my grandpa, <laughs> did you give your situation the best? I mean, that your best. That is as old school as it gets, right? I remember right. after my dad would tell me after his high school sporting events, seeing his, his siblings, his dad would they'd get in the car and his dad would just go did you try your best and he'd be like yeah and I'd be like all right and then my dad of course and, and his brothers would say things like well do you think I did good on this play in which it was obviously a good play and my grandpa would always say uh, do I have to tell you the things you do well 
Like, it's sort of like, as long as you did your best, you're fine. And and look, I think one of the biggest problems in this country right now, financially, as we've discussed, is effort mm-hmm. uh, for our financial futures and, and even uh, the ability to care. Yeah. Like, and, and sometimes, sometimes we are stressed, so we are giving our best, but I, I, I don't... I don't think people are trying. No. <laughs> Across all income levels. Because it's hard. It is hard to try, like consistently, yeah. to get to one goal or think that you're meeting one benchmark and to have another benchmark after that. It's like, oh, what the heck? I just worked to get here. Now I have to work to this one and then carry on. And it's like, it's hard to continue to be like, all right, I got here. I'm going to push to the next one. You know what? I, yeah, I think one of the most sort of underreported realities of all of this is the less money you make and have, yeah. th- the harder you have to try and the more you have to care because you have fewer resources mm-hmm. and you have less margin for error. Like, oh my gosh, yeah. The wealthy have a huge margin for error. Right. A huge margin. And I, I mean, we're not playing violins for uh-uh, them. No. But I'm saying if, if you are, are a low income earner, um, it's harder because you can't make the same mistakes someone who makes more than you does. Right, I agree. Uh, what else you got on your list? Um, again, so piggybacking off of kind of the whole lessons that I've learned and how it's transferred. Um, by leading with gratitude rather right. than leading with expectations. Jeez, Oprah's right? involved. I know, it's fun. Oprah, um, <laughs> leading with gratitude instead of leading with expectations. Right. Okay. So. For the fact, and this has been cool, especially as I've been fully employed for a full year now after graduation, and it's so quick and easy, especially in today's day and age and with the age that I am and the group and being a millennial of, I'm constantly just fed things on social media of expectations of what I think my life should be at this point right now after graduation. But instead of looking at it and being like, you know, I've, I'm 24 and I'm able to provide myself with this amount of salary and I've been able to, you know, have this job and this job and get to where I am by 24. It's by looking through it at that lens, mm-hmm. it, one, it makes me more gracious for what I have in my checking account right now and everything that I'm able to do for myself. But then from a standpoint of when you break down and look at everything that you're able to do for yourself from a financial standpoint, it's almost in like you welcome more opportunities into your sure. life from that because you're not focused on, well, so-and-so is doing this and I'm not doing this. And you get so caught up in your head and it feels like you have nothing from That's that point. Yeah, I, I, I heard a, a breakdown of everyone likes to uh, label millennials as um, entitled. Yeah. Which, oh. I, which I, I don't necessarily agree with because the argument that, that I heard was they're not entitled, they're expectant. Yeah. And part of that, unfortunately, is from our parents. Yeah, of course. I mean, it's the old joke. It's like, well, why beat up on the people that, that got participation trophies? Why not beat up on the people that gave them the participation trophy? Right. Uh, and I would say, you know, when I was in my 20s, and clearly I'm not a millennial, because uh, I have a shaved head now. Um, I don't know if I was expectant, but I would, but there was some derivative of that, right? It was, right. it wasn't, um, I expected for things to go well. Mm-hmm. But, but I don't know. I mean, is that that different from what you guys are doing? Because it's not like you guys aren't a hardworking generation. That's not the issue. We are. And that's the thing that's frustrating is because there's a large part of my generation that are some of the hardest workers that I've mm-hmm. ever seen. And then there are people who totally fit the stereotype. But that's every generation. Right? And that's 
that's what's the whole caveat. You guys just have more baggage because of student loans and uh, things like that. Right. But it is. It's interesting. Once I've started to like really adapt this and really hone in on things of how my parents went about leading their lives with gratitude rather than expectations. When I break down and I show myself everything that I take care of in a month, that makes me so grateful for everything that I have. It's something about laying it out, laying it out and being like, I'm 24. And I'm able to make this payment, this payment, this payment, this payment, and do whatever else, go to music festivals and take myself on small vacations. I mean, that that's yeah, a cool thing. That's interesting. I, and I wonder if, I'm, I don't disagree with you. Yeah. I mean, let me just pose that. I don't disagree with you, but that does nothing for me as I try to right. apply that for, for me. And I wonder if that's a, an, an age thing, a personality thing. I don't know what it is. Like, are there people of every generation that, find solace in saying, I'm able to pay my bills, I'm able to do yeah. these sorts of things. It's just a personality thing. Like for me, if if thing if I'm stressed and things aren't going well financially, yeah. if I were to look through and what I've done and what I have and those sorts of things, it's not that I'm not grateful. I just would not take any solace in that. Like mm-hmm. I would I would list them out and maybe that makes me ungrateful, but I t- to list them out and go I, I don't care. I think part of it is an age thing. Yeah. Because right now more than ever too is there a really big flux uh, the start of a big fluctuation uh between me and people I went to school with in terms of our success and our pay raises and where we live and what we're doing and the car that we drive. Like this is really that first especially by the by the doing of our own hand. It's not by us getting to capitalize off of the good efforts of our parents so much. It's things that we're providing ourselves to for the first time. To a degree, right? There's right. a couple elements that because there's still the systemic issues of wealth where uh, and it's not to say that you, you weren't and didn't have a cross section of friends that right. that, that were at a lower income level, but by the nature of the school system you were in, yes. there is an entire different school system where yes. the, the efforts and all of those things just don't particularly yes. matter. Uh, I would also say this, from, and that's why I like doing our shows because we are uh, 16 years apart, right? Mm-hmm. So um, when you talk about seeing it's not a matter of even comparing ourselves to our classmates, right? Because that's yeah. not what you're saying. Uh-uh. Uh, but as, as we, as we, as we, you know, we're not comparing, but we're doing something yeah. with our classmates. We're, we're, we're gauging whatever. That fades big yeah. time. You, you at some point in time, I don't even think about my, my college or high school classmates and, and sort of their standing. And it's not wrong that you are, but I remember yeah. when I was totally like, you know, uh, or am I doing okay? They're doing, they look, they're doing fine. Am I doing yeah. okay? They're not doing too great. I remember that, but man, it fades. Right. I think it's one of those, I'm so beat over the head right now by, I flip Instagram and yeah, so, right. So-and-so just bought themselves a new car, or bought themselves a new car. And so-and-so is moving to LA and they got this awesome raise or they, so-and-so just got engaged and here's her, you know, five carat ring, like all of that kind of stuff. I wouldn't know that stuff when I was your age, unless someone faxed it to me. And oh. <laughs> no, I just wouldn't. Oh, right? I mean, how, how would I know? There was no Facebook. And that's such the weird thing is it's one of those, I, it's cool to know like have a really good feel for what's going on with a lot of the people that I kept up with in school. But also at the same time, it's like, oh my God, I haven't seen you in almost two years. And I know essentially every major detail of your life right now. It's a weird, it's weird. I don't want to know my middle school girlfriend's political beliefs. No, I don't. I don't care. I mean, and and I'm, look, I, I don't even necessarily disagree with them. I just like, 
we were I don't know if we were ever meant to to know this much about no, so many people. I don't think we were. It's cool to be able to connect with everyone that we do in this light. Yeah. Like it's cool to be able to make connections and talk to people and converse with that are maybe thousands across the miles across the country from us. But I don't I don't need to know yeah. certain things about And then why do we post it? Like I'm, right? I'm freaking posting fishing videos now. I'm on. I, we all knew it was getting there. Right, we knew. I mean, it was obviously that's where it was headed. But it's like that's the content that I would rather see right now, rather than someone else's bright new shiny car yeah. that th- they bought themselves. It was funny. In, in to that degree, I had someone, a friend who was a good friend. It doesn't even bother me. They were like, "Why are you doing that? That's fishing. It was it's so dumb. Why are you into that?" And it's like. My, my first response is, why do you care? Right. Like, I, that's great that you, you have that opinion about what I'm doing. But honestly, why waste your thought on that? I right? don't care what you're doing. No. Like, and, I, like, I don't care. And I'd rather see that than some more material thing that I just slide right past. I'm just. I'm not trying to sell my friends on a pyramid scheme. No. I'm just hooking a fish in the face. Just let me post this cute quote that I like. The fourth thing Grandpa Dunn valued, and I think it has obviously some financial uh, ramifications. And you're going <clears> to <throat> like this. Uh, punctuality like you know how I feel about time I do time and I have a really complex relationship I I love time as I explained to my children this weekend uh, <laughs> in, a, in a firm way uh, I think being punctual is also showing you care mm-hmm. and I think financially being punctual hitting benchmarks like not, I want to be a millionaire by I'm 30, which is like a weird thing people say in Gross. college with no, no plan to yeah, do it. No. Uh, but, but really, like, we're going to go on vacation in August. I want to have it funded by May. And to, right. That, that there's punctuality in that. There's yeah. follow through and, and caring because it's just math as is a clock. Absolutely. Yeah. So, like, punctual. So, those are like really old school things. Never complain. Be honest financially. Uh, did you give your situ- uh, best to your situation and then uh, be punctual? Like, man, those are old school. I love them. But, and it's cool because even though you continue to say they're old school, there's, they still ring true today. I mean, like the basic fundamentals of everything that you just touched on can apply to, can apply in 2018. Yeah, but see, this is, I, this is why, you know, I, I was half joking when I said, you know, life hacks, right? Right. These were the first life hacks that aren't life hacks, but now when we try to tell people things, it's like life hack. And I'm like, never complains a life hack? No. You know, here's my complaint. It's not a life hack, dummy. Yeah, dummy. Like, like, so I think that's where, that's where sort of tip-based advice has evolved is these are sensible things and life hacks are sort of this newfangled, like call your cable company and complain and they'll lower your bill. Life hack. That's like, what? It's like, oh. Why are we, that's, that's, that, that's where we're at? If we're trying to get ahead, right? I don't know. I just like that, too, all of yours boil down to everyone just needs to care. Like, even if they just care. About their own situation. A little bit. Right, yeah. Just a little bit how far that'll get you. Yeah, I mean, these aren't even about buy low, sell high, or no. always invest in utility companies. No, this is like getting the most out of yourself. Right. Right, like controlling you. And then not allowing your, I had a friend, uh, my buddy Hank always says, uh, 
you know, you only have to tell one lie in your life, and it's the lie that you don't care what other people think. Because you do care what other people think. Yeah. But if you lie to yourself and convince yourself otherwise, if you say, look, I don't care, because you do, you do. You do care. But if you convince yourself that you, people don't care or, or that you, you you don't care, that people care, then uh, you'll be fine. And I, I think that's true. Right. I think a lot of people get in trouble financially because they are not willing to uh, admit the fact that uh, they care. It's hard to care. It is. It's really hard. Anything else you want to add to this? No. These don't need to be any longer than they have to be. <laughs> anyway, I, I, we've had a lot of good stuff on repeaters. We uh, have. The, the repeaters Facebook group this week. On the, the radio show, we, we took some of our better comments. Do we have a topic for next week yet? We don't have a topic for did next we, week we, yet. Did we discuss this? How about my 10 biggest financial mistakes I've ever made? Oh, I like that. You want to do that? Yeah, let's do that. Boy. You learn from them. I'm still learning from some of them. I was going to say, I'm still learning as well. Ten biggest financial mistakes. And then we'll see how many of them you've also made. <laughs> and how many of them uh, I can prevent you from making. Yes, please. All right. So we'll do that. And that's next week. So uh, if you would, on the Repeaters page, uh, go to Facebook, type in The Repeaters, request to join the private group. The, the group is private. Yeah. So that when you post on it, it doesn't show up in your feed so your friends and family no. get to see your deepest financial thoughts. You're just amongst a, a group of people who are willing to share with each other, to support each other. So right. that's why we make it private is so that your your, your sister doesn't see it unless exactly. she's part of the repeaters. Um, and so, if you can't find it on Facebook, part of it being private, sometimes it doesn't always pop up in the search. Yeah. So if you just go to the Pete the Planner blog page, for the for repeat, it's always embedded in one of the click links where it says the repeaters. You can always click that link, and if you're not already uh, a part of the community, you can request to be a part of it that so, way. So go ahead and, and give us some of your life lessons from parents, grandparents, whoever mm -hmm. raised you. Uh, and then next week we're going to do financial mistakes, biggest financial mistakes. So we'll tease some stuff up for you there. Yeah. As well, Nicole. Thank you as always. Hey, thank you. That's it this week for repeaters. Uh, and as uh, we always close the show, as we have closed this show for years goodbye this is for information purposes only not the financial planning device consult a financial divisor hi i'm internet podcaster peter dunn you may know me as pete the planner you hear me on the radio and on your podcasting device but did you know you can also see me on YouTube. That's right. We have a YouTube channel and we call it PeteThePlanner.tv. We ask you to subscribe so you can catch great shows like Pete's Eats and this here podcast with drawings. But the drawings are made with a video camera. Subscribe today. Filled by the ink and the megabytes And the hypertext transfer protocol Stronger than the Skynet and the Terminator I push faders into warp speed Glide with ease, creating a breeze They call a black hole, event horizon No rear view concerns This I adjourn, and beats I burn This I adjourn, and beats I burn 
salutations. I bring you love, trying greetings from a faraway land. I am the soul controller. Put the remote down and let me take control. You're now a part of my zone, so enjoy yourself. Love, trying can restore your health. I bring you greetings, uh, salutations. How you doing? And is that how y'all say it? 